Welcome to Two Unlearned Men, a place where we come together and engage in discussions of discovery, a time where we consider the truth of life and consider if we are meeting its standard and encourage one another to grow in all areas of the human experience. We invite you to participate in the challenging of our traditional ways of thinking. Join us, your hosts, Mike and Kyle, the Two Unlearned Men, looking for answers for all types of questions. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Two Unlearned Men. It's me, Mike, and I've got Kyle with me, and we're going to be discussing um, a random wide range of topics. The whole point of this is to um, have discussions and discovery and and kind of learn um, what is truth and what is right. Absolutely. So we're glad everybody's here to join us, and uh, our whole entire goal as Mike said, is to know truth, to know what's right, but not to be worried about who's right. Because if we can't know what's right, it doesn't matter who's right. And so we're going to discuss different things, and we're going to dive into them. And some things we're going to know about, some things we're not going to know about. Sometimes it'll sound like we know what we're talking about. Most of the time, we won't. No idea. (laughs) But to get us started off, Let's ask the question, do you have both good and bad memories? Absolutely. Which do you think you have more of? I would probably say I have more good memories, but the bad ones are probably more vivid. Okay. Okay. That's a a fair answer. Do you think it's easier to access a good memory or a bad memory? I would say it's probably easier to access a bad memory unless it's, you know, unless it's something that someone is suppressed and then obviously sure. it's suppressed. But Well, why do you think that is? I think because we're designed to learn from our mistakes. Okay. Do you think that when you access a memory, not only is it something you can learn from, but how much, how much of the feeling or the emotion of the memory do you re-experience? Would you say it's like a percentage, like a weatherman would try to give you? Or do you think it's the entirety of it? Or does it fade the further you get from the initial point of the memory? I think it fades, but I also think that it can be brought back like maybe not intentionally but like I'll give the example um when I was I've been to 91 so I would have been 10 years old we had a house fire oh dang and so you know I kind of remember that day but I'll tell you what I really remember is the smell of smoke Okay. Like after, you know, after they put out the the fire. So whenever I smell smoke like that, I'm instantly taken back. To that moment. To that, yeah. So without stirring up bad memories, how what is the closest thing that you can connect to that smell? It Does like a bonfire do it? Is it when you're burning pallets, when you're burning lumber, like paper? What is the closest thing to that? It's It's 
legitimately like a house fire. Okay. So like it's just um, unmatched. It's unmatched. Like okay. you know, you when you have a bonfire, yeah, there's smoke, but it's not the same. Right. You know that when you have a house fire, it's so much stronger and it's so much more distinct. Okay. So how like would you say you've experienced that in the last year? No, it's been a couple years. Um, the one I, and I'm sure it's happened since then, but I can tell you when the Crowders had their house fire and I mm-hmm. went in after to kind of help them. Um, yeah. That, you know, because it was the 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 water and the fire and everything. All that. Yeah. Yeah, that like soaking, sopping mess. Yeah. Yeah. So that being an example of a bad memory, you obviously don't desire to go back to that memory. Not particularly, no. Right. Not, not only do you not desire to go back to that memory, but you also don't desire to relive that experience. Right. However, you have good memories. Yes. And as you remember a good memory, do you desire to go back to it? Yeah. Do you have any memories that are strong enough that you would be, you would say you would, you would give up now to go back to? Uh, I don't know a specific memory. Like there's times that, yeah, I'd like to go back. Um, Because obviously, whack when you're younger, things are easier anyway. Right. Um, but I mean, there's days like if you count a day as a memory. Sure, I'd like to go back and relive that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not Groundhog Day style, but <laughs> just end it all with a toaster. <laughs> Don't drive angry. <laughs> oh, that's too good. But. I mean, you know, there are there you know, there's good days, you know. Yeah. But um you know, sure I'd like to go back to um but you know, obviously that we're that's not gonna happen. It's just right. you know, a memory. So So do you think that within not only yourself but maybe just humanity in general that we have an inclination it's easier to remember the bad, but it's more preferential to desire the good. Yeah. Which I know that sounds like a really easy understatement, maybe, that, like, well, duh, it seems obvious that that would be it. But at the same time, it's almost like we revel in the good moments to the degree that we, the bad moments kind of, they almost outweigh them. We don't ever want to relive the bad moments. And so we, it's almost like we do anything we can to not experience them again. Sometimes even forgetting the lessons that were learned from them and then inevitably taking us back to repeat a cycle. Whereas in the good things, we can desire to go back to them even to the point where we could stunt our own growth and or harm a relationship or a current experience that could be better. Yeah. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, because we desire, we have this perception that that moment was better than any other moment could ever be. Right. But there's just so much danger. So, like, obviously, we're talking about being nostalgic. Right. We're talking about having the memories. And 
it's that sentimental yearning. It's that it's that emotional desire thinking that I would rather redo that past point than live what I'm living now. Especially if you're in a cycle or a season of maybe personal growth or mm-hmm. some kind of pain where you're in the middle of a trial or right. whatever. And, and you look back and, man, that was great. You know, and of course we, we go back to when the Israelites were in the desert and, you know, I'd rather go back to Egypt, Egypt, you know, than, you know, this. Well, right. that's stupid. You're remembering, <laughs> you know, the good things, but you're forgetting, you know, the slavery aspect of it. The hard labor. Yeah. Yeah. That, and it's amazing what, it's almost like your mind plays a trick on you. Um, cause you can, you can only remember so much. Right. And so even in your most perfect memory, there's holes in it, right? Yes. Uh, at least I would think so. Like you, we could both experience the same great memory. We could be at the same place at the same time, experience the same thing. And you could remember an event within that memory that I may not have remembered. Yes. And then likewise, I can remember something you don't remember. And we could, that memory could be so good. That moment could be so good. We both could desire to go back to that moment. And and I think along that, I think that's why people, especially, and I don't know if your siblings do this, but sibling groups will talk about their childhood and talk about certain things. Right. Because they remember that day. They remember that trip to Disney. They remember this. They remember the fight. They remember that. And, all of them have a different perspective and remembered a little differently. Yeah. But it was the same thing, and they can kind of, they know no one's lying. It's just how they remember it. Yeah, so it's just their perspective on it. And then they can almost, like, force their perspective. But it nostalgia isn't, like, having good memories obviously isn't bad. Right. But, like, the whole entire, you could almost get trapped in nostalgia, though. You Yes. And then... To the point where the only way you think you could move forward is by going back to a place. Not yeah. realizing that that's not the place you need to be. Right. You grew from that place. But you could see that, like we could we could extrapolate that to almost any element of life. Like, so let, let me ask you this. Is there a job that you remember being one of the greatest jobs? Yes. Was it your highest paying job? No. No. Did it happen in high school? Absolutely. <laughs> so that's like that's like I have I have two jobs I would go back to. And in those jobs, I was nowhere living a good righteous lifestyle at all. But we were literally having the time of our lives. So I used to work at a particular shop that had artists that made sandwiches. And it just so happened that as I worked there, myself the head manager and a couple other individuals were we were all assistant managers so we all had keys to the store so what we would do is we knew it was going to be closing time but oh no we're out of cookies so we would purposely make a batch of cookies like 45 minutes before the store closed knowing nobody was going to come in and buy those cookies and well since they didn't get sold we got to throw them away well we all had keys to the store so what we do is we'd close up We'd all go about our way and we do our unacceptable life things and we come back real, real hungry. (laughs) 
that's the only way I could say that. We, but we all had keys, so we just come back to the store. We'd load up on all the cookies we just made. We'd open up the fridge and the freezer, and we'd, <laughs> we'd go ahead and make ourselves sandwiches, and we'd get a bunch of chips, and then we'd just stand at the soda fountain and just drink a bunch of soda. But it was fantastic. It was, it was great. We were working. We had, like, the easiest job. I mean, it is not hard to make a sandwich. If, if you complain about that job, you clearly don't have a perspective on life. But it was such an easy job. There was like no stress in it. it we just laughed and, and chuckled the whole time, just played games the whole time. And the owner was really disconnected. So as long as the store was being profitable, we never saw the owner. <laughs> so he never knew or cared what was going on because everything lined up, the books matched up, everything like that. And, but that was like a great job. That was a fun job. I had a really good time at that job. I could not support a family on that job. No, no. I could, I could barely support myself on that job. And I was living at home with my parents because I was in high school. But it was like, but I can think back to that fondly, even though I was not living right. And it would be real easy to think of that time, especially when now when I run into moments where like, oh my God, I have all the bills due. Two of them are past due. No idea. I know this bill's coming. I have no idea I'm going to pay it. And then the car breaks down. And then a kid needs something for school. And then they need something for this. And you're like, oh my God, how are we get? And you could long for that moment. I wish I still had a key to the sandwich shop so I could just go get all the chips I wanted and probably be out of my mind when I go do it. Yeah. And that, but that's an easy trap to get into. And it can almost hinder you from, it can almost hinder you from seeing the current blessings that you're at and the current hope that you have because you're so busy looking back. Yeah. And that's, that's such a dangerous place to be. It's such a dangerous place to be, to think that what you're going through is so bad that something that you've already grown out of would be better. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons scripturally it talks about, you know, a plowman looking back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Right. So have you have you ever heard um, the illustration or the story about the farmer plowing his field and how he, he got it plowed straight? Mm-mm. Okay. So, you know, if you're plowing, mowing the lawn or whatever it is, the easiest way to make sure you go in a straight line is not watch what's right in front of you. Right. You got to watch in the distance. You pick a fixed point and you walk to that point. And so this farmer is plowing his field and he's picked his point in the distance and he's plowing, he's plowing and he gets to the end of the row and looks back and it's squiggly like waves in the ocean or a bunch of S's over and over again. And when he gets down there, he finally realizes the reason why that happened is because he was watching a chicken go back and forth in the fence line, pecking at the ground. So every time the chicken would move, he would follow the chicken. But because he wasn't looking down, paying attention to where he's at, he was focused on his goal, he would move. And it affected the way he did it. It affected the way. So you can, it's not only that you look back, but it's what you put your attention to. So if your attention is backwards, there's no way you can plow effectively or a straight line. There's no way that you can be effectual in the work that you're going to do. We're just chasing chickens. Well, along that, I like, when I first started driving, I don't know if it was a news story. It must have been a news story or something I was watching. And they said, if you start skidding, like in the snow, yeah, don't look at what you want to avoid. Right. Because if you look at what you want to avoid, you're going to go into it. Right. 
because you're, I mean, just muscle memory and your, you're going to hit what you're trying to avoid if you're looking at it. Right. And that always struck me, you know, and you can take that over to life. If oh, yeah. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. That's where I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say penultimate when I mean <laughs> inaugural. <laughs> and and it's what's going to happen because that's what you're focused on. Right. Right. Well, have you um, – so when you were in driving, did you have to actually take driver's ed? I didn't have to, but I did. Okay. So in Wisconsin, I don't know if it's still that way, but in Wisconsin you were required. Like you had to go through a driver's ed course period. It was just part of it. And, um, we learned all kinds of stuff in driver's ed, but one thing I never, they may have taught it, but I don't remember learning was how to look through a corner. Okay. So as you're taking like, whether you're on a country road and you're taking a long curve or you're actually just turning a corner, I'm turning left at this corner. They, if they taught us, I don't remember it, but it was years later and I was, I was married. I had kids and I had a motorcycle and in Missouri, to get a motorcycle, you have to carry at least a temporary motorcycle's license. And that can renew every six months. And you can do that to infinitum. Or you can go get your permanent license. It can be an endorsement. Um, so I just always got the temporary one. And you had to pass the test. Well, in one of the books, it taught that don't when you're turning the corner, you need to look to where you're going through the corner. And your body will naturally turn the corner and you'll do it smoothly. But if you try to do it through stages through the corner... You'll be shaky and you'll be more off balance. And I remember being like, that can't be true. And I remember going out, riding my motorcycle, and I was out on some backcountry roads. And sure enough, I paid attention. I was like, if I look over there, I make this corner with no problem. I don't even have to think about it. But if I'm looking here and here and here, I'm rocking this bike everywhere. And my bike was heavy. And so when it got to rocking, it wanted to rock. And um, I remember thinking about that. Oh, my God, that's just... All I got to do, but I, I was this year's old when I figured out like, oh, you just look through the corner. You look where you're going. And just like you're saying, like, don't look at what you might hit. Look where you don't want to hit. Like look over there where you'd rather be and your body will get you there. And it's, it's a pretty incredible thing, but the same thing happens in our memory. Like we can get so focused on the past that when we, we look at it, it affects, because what's the whole point of plowing? The whole point of plowing is to be able to sow. And the, what's the point of sowing? The whole point of sowing is to reap. Well, if the whole time I'm plowing, I'm not paying attention, so I either plow too deep, I don't plow deep enough, I don't plow, plow in the right place, so now the soil's not worked up right, and then I sow, well, now I haven't sown with purpose, and then when I get no, no harvest to reap, well, now the past looks that much better. And it's really not. It's because I was still too focused on it when I was trying to move forward. Right. And that's just, I don't know, it's just it's not a wise thing to always go back to the past. There's nothing wrong with having a good memory. There's nothing wrong with having excellent experiences. And like you had mentioned sitting around with siblings and talking about the way, like, so we used to always laugh about how when mom will get mad at us, every mom has something they're going to grab to beat you with. Right. Every mom. And our mom, she would grab something. She would beat us with it and, and she'd break it. And then she'd get mad at us because it broke, and she'd find something else. <laughs> and I'm like, it's your fault you broke it. <laughs> like, it. But we can all have those funny memories now. Like, we had, you know, we got spanked growing up. We had a paddle. Did you have a paddle? No. So no. we had a paddle. It was a one by four. And it was probably about, my sister still has it. And it's probably about two foot long. And then it actually has 
a handle carved in it so you can grip it. And on the paddle, we had written the Punisher. And they have everybody's names and then tick marks. And, of course, <laughs> mine's loaded. But, you know, we can look back and laugh at that now. But it was just, it was one of those things that are, it's just kind of funny because we sit around and talk about it. And we can enjoy it. But we're, the way we're remembering it is totally different than what happened. Oh, absolutely. And we wouldn't go back to that moment. But we can still have those good memories of, well, look how we've turned out now. Maybe all those beatings were worth it, you know, and my parents would do it in the, it sounds kind of cruel, but really it was in love because inevitably if someone's going to spank you, what's the first thing you try to do as the spanky, you try and get out of it, trying to get out of it. Right. So you're trying to move, trying to cover it, whatever you got to do. So my parents got sick of hitting us in the thighs or hitting us in the lower back because we try to move or us or hitting us in the knuckles because we try to swing our hands around real fast that what they figured out was, okay, if we get them in a place where they can't move, then we know we're going to spank them where we desire to spank them, and it's not going to be a big deal. So they would have us lean over, and we put our hands on the countertop. And then that way, and we had to put our feet shoulder-width apart, and that way they knew exactly where we were at, and we couldn't move. And if we moved, then it was our own fault. Right. But... They had done everything they could to make sure, look, I'm trying to spank you one time. I'm trying to get you to realize what you did wrong and and keep you from doing it again. But I don't want to hurt you. I'm not trying to just hurt you. I'm trying to teach you. And so that was their way of figuring that out. But, oh, my God, like, I'll never forget. Put your hands on the counter. Bend over. Like, <laughs> no, nobody wanted to do that. No, no, absolutely not. But now we can sit and we can talk about it. But we don't long for those days, but we learned from them. Yes. But some of the best memories I had, I didn't really learn anything from them until I got older and realized, oh, with with a fully formed brain, I now realize that may not have been as awesome as I thought it was. And yeah. so the danger and the trap of the nostalgia in my life is that I try to return to an an unprofitable moment and try to make that more profitable than what it is. Right. And that's so dangerous. So dangerous. I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to get carried away with the past. But I can't forget it because no. it is what makes us. It is. And the thing is, I think it I'm trying to think of the scripture about a good report. Is it a good report is like a a drink for a thirsty soul. Yeah, yeah, in Proverbs. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like a cool drink from a far land. So, that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, so obviously there is, there's, in a report is something that's already happened. So it, it's a memory. That, yeah. You know, so I think there's, again, there's a purpose and a time for them. Right. Absolutely. And and they are needed. But I guess what's the motivation? Because so you could take it individually. You could take it corporately. So, you know, whether it was a company or whether it was, you can almost, and then you could take it like nationally in, and we fall into that where we want to, we want to go back to what we think were better times. And I forget, there's a comedian that talks about that, about how their parents think it was better times back in the day. And they're like, you know, people didn't shower back then. Right. Like, and it's, it's really kind of a funny premise how like, they had 
so glorified the past that they'd forgotten just how dirty <laughs> dirty it was. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you take me right on back to that, the you know, like the dark ages. Just That's when it was good. But just give me some plot of land and some farm equipment, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I don't think you know what you're asking for. <laughs> right. It was dirty. It there was, was disease that killed you. That's just a common disease. And it, but we can glorify that moment so much that we really forget the destruction that was happening in it. Even like, even like good memories, I think you can do that. I think you can focus on the good parts of right. it, you know, and as long as it wasn't like a catastrophically bad part, you mm-hmm. just, eh, you know? Eh. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, but it's still amazing to me. It, it is amazing to me that we can, we can hope for those things that have already passed more than we can hope for the greater things that could be to come. And it can actually stop us. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you go back, like for me, my job, first job was working at a pizza place. Okay. So that was great. (laughs) Like, you know, free pizza every night. Absolutely. And, like, we didn't even have to make extra if we wanted it. We just, just made, made it. it. Yeah. And then, you know, especially I, I work Friday, Saturdays, I think Sunday nights too. But Friday and Saturday nights especially, you know, pizza places are open late. Yeah. So, and we didn't get a ton of business then. We just, you know, you might get one or two calls or whatever, so we stayed open. Well, we would play spades. <laughs> so I would get paid for, you know, two, th- two, three hours for playing spades on a Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> That's a good life. It is. That's a great life. No wonder we'd want to go back to it. That's so much easier than taking care of kids and paying bills. Yes. <laughs> it's way better. Absolutely. So was that like what how old were you? So I would I think I got was fifteen. I think that's okay. Because I had to go get the and I don't know if they do this in Wisconsin, but you had to go get a like a, a child work, labor permit. Oh, yeah, workers permit or yeah. Uh-huh. For prop Till you like from fourteen to sixteen, something like that, mm-hmm. and then after sixteen, you had like just something you had to sign away. No, I think actually, I think you had to get it up until seventeen, and it was just like it was a little card, and you had to go get it stamped. Okay, and uh, of course, this is years and years ago, so I'm fuzzy on the memory of that. Right, but, um, you know, and it had the hours you could work on it, and how many days you could work on it. See, if I remember right, because I had I worked at a couple of different places when I was a kid, so I think I had to do it multiple times. And I remember one time, I had to go to the high school by where I lived because I went to Catholic high school. Okay, and that was on the east side of India, and I lived in New Palestine, so I had to go into New Palestine after they opened, which made me late to normal school, but I had to get the workman, you know, the work workers permit. So. Um, you know, and they just, they took it, filled it out and they did a little, little embossed stamp thing on it. And, you know, I'm like, Hey, I was, when I went back to high school, I was like, Hey, I'm late. Cause I had to go do this. I'm like, okay. You know, but no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you, there's not a ton of, like a lot of pizza places will make the pizzas in house, obviously, but you don't always smell the smell. Of like the dough and everything like that. Like you can go into a Papa John's or even a Marco's right now and you can see them behind the counter, even Domino's, you could see them making the pizzas. 
Right. But it doesn't necessarily have that like fresh dough smell. Some places you go into and you can like, oh, this fresh. Was that the way yours was? It was like a mom pop shop? No, it was a chain. It, it was, was Jack's, a ch- it's Jack's Pizza. So yeah, okay. We didn't like, you know, the, we didn't hand toss the dough or it was already pre cooked. Okay. You know, um, they, you know, a stack of the dough or the crusts. Yeah. Okay. And, and so you just slap them on a sheet, put on the toppings and the sauce and yeah. run it through the oven. Okay. And, and the oven we had wasn't a conveyor oven. It was a, you know, an flip open it down and put it in and it's like 500 watch. degrees. Yeah. And you burn it. your arms on them. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Do you have scars from it? No, I don't have scars from that. Um, I have scars from other things, obviously, but right. not from that. No, so, I, I became a master in the art of pizza paddle foo. <laughs> pizza paddle foo. <laughs> Explain that. Well, we had, you know, the, the pizza paddles, right. you know, and it was a long, and so I would, you know, the Star Wars kid, like right. I was doing that stuff <laughs> in the pizza shop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and I had the pizza pedal to my wife made me get rid of it. Well, we're going to have to talk to her and get it back. <laughs> we'll get you a new one. <laughs> uh, we should we should build a uh, a brick pizza oven in your backyard. Yes. And uh, just not tell your wife we're doing it. <laughs> she won't mind once it's done. No, no. But before, she might have a few words to say to us. <laughs> That's too funny. Did so is there a smell from the pizza place that like is when you smell it, you're like, oh, and it immediately takes you back there? The sauce. The sauce. Yeah. Okay. What now So like the way we did our sauce is we would buy cans of sauce. Right. And there's an an oil and vinegar sauce, maybe, and then there was a like a garlic sauce. So we combined there were Three different cans, and two of one kind, one of the other, and then we would add black pepper and sugar and salt, and, okay, and a couple other spices, you know, and to, then and like we open use can opener, open up, dumping them in five gallon bucket, and then add the spices and mix it, and, and then, then that, that was the sauce. And that was the sauce. Okay, okay, that's that's funny, but that's that's specifically the one thing. Yeah. So, do you still eat jacks today? Not as much as I'd like because I'm the only one that really likes it. Okay. Because it's all thin, isn't it? It's all thin, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And and it's different because most of the other places, like, you get a sausage pizza and it's the... The The big chunks. The big chunks. And this was a ground sausage. Okay, the crumble. Yeah. That's the way um, local shout-out Pizza Junkies is. Their their crust isn't necessarily super... It's a thinner crust, but... It's pro- it's not that thin crust, but they their sausage is a crumble. Yeah, and I know a lot of people like that. Some people don't, but a lot. And of then people like do. the the mo- the cheese we put on the mozzarella was slices oh. as opposed to like the grated the grated. Okay, yeah. So you would you know line it, and if you someone asked for extra cheese, I got four extra slices. Okay, and so so you would see splotches of sauce through it. No, because it was. Oh, because like, you covered it that much. Covered it, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And that must have had some amazing cheese pull. Yeah. When you'd slice that up and string it out. I like that. I like a cheese pull. 
can't get enough of a good cheese pull. Yeah, I mean, like when I, you choke on a mozzarella stick, <laughs> like a yeah. half chewed orange. <laughs> do I swallow or do I vomit? <laughs> yeah. And I have a habit for combining and making things that probably shouldn't be made. Sure. So, like when I was at Jack's, I'd make like I at one point I made a pizza. It was probably two inches tall, and the crust is you know like an <laughs> the other thin. They're like an eighth of an inch yeah. thick. <laughs> And I mean, it was just loaded with, with stuff. It's like when I worked at Hardee's and they've actually come out with it. And I made a Facebook post. It was on my memories the other day. Um, but when I worked at Hardee's in 1998, I call, I made what was called the chicken monster, <laughs> which was a monster burger with it, with the, a chicken filet on it. Okay. But so, it was still with a beef patty or no. So yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I made the monster and then, and then I you add, added in. chicken okay. to it. And I called it the chicken monster. Okay. And it was a thick, thick sandwich. Probably should I bet have been it was. made, but it was very yummy. Oh, I bet. I bet. You know, I'm three animals had to die to make that sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it was a massacre in the back of Hardy's. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. Why would you let me do this? <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. So it's it's all right to remember things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But we can't, we have to be so careful about wanting to go backwards. Right. Because if we really believe that our best days are ahead, then we have to, we have to learn how to remember without being nostalgic. Yes. We have to learn how to remember and enjoy I guess the emotion of the memory without longing for the moment to repeat. Yeah. Almost it almost kind of like doing a drug. Like it can like sometimes that good memory can give you that boost mentally to know that you know what there was good times, there will still be more good times even if right now seems a little cloudy. Right. But not not getting so committed to it. So really the truth of it all is look back, but don't look back too fondly. Yeah. I think that's a fair statement. And, and just, you almost have to guard yourself from looking back. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you know, especially as you, the older you get, Yeah, you know, cause Again, looking back as a teenager when you didn't have any responsibilities, man. Oh, it's the it's no wonder everybody wants to live their high school years permanently. You know, and they, it's like they say, you know, the youth is wasted on young people. Yeah, because they don't know it. They don't know it, right, at all. You know, and it's like you almost wonder if God made a mistake in how he did it, but he didn't because, you know, you have to have – um, and, and Dr. Peterson phrases this better, but you know, you've got to be reckless in how you learn, you know, right, right. you know, you've got to, and I think with age comes a certain amount of caution that you don't have as a kid. So you don't learn the, the lessons that you would, you know, without the life experience. Absolutely. So the life experience you get from being reckless causes you not to be as reckless, but if you were more cautious, you wouldn't learn as much. We, yeah, you really wouldn't learn anything. So, I don't. There's definitely benefit to it all. But ultimately, my goal is to move forward. Yes. So, that's our goal. 
That's what we want to do. And in closing then, we want to encourage everyone to look forward. Yes. To look for not just what they think is right, but what is actually right. Because a past memory could seem like the right thing, but it's unwise just to sit on it and hope for it. And there's going to seem a way, a way that seems right, but it's really not. Right. So we've got to search for what's right. And what's the actual right? What's the actual truth? But, so we appreciate everyone listening into this episode today. Mike, why don't you tell them the many places we could be found and contacted? Okay, so uh, the website, 2unwordedmen.com, and that's to the number two. Instagram, 2unwordedmen is our handle, and that's the number two. Or on Facebook, they wouldn't let me do the number two, so it's two spelled out, unwordedmen. men. You heard it here first, folks. You can't number two on Facebook. Yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> There's a niche. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are those are where we're found. You can reach out, contact us, questions, comments, thoughts, anything like that. Absolutely. We're looking to get started on a user submission section. Yep. Uh, which we'll incorporate in a future podcast. So ask a question. You might hear it here first. Yeah, that'll be great stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you next time. God bless. Bye. This has been another episode of Two Unwarned Men. We would like to thank you for engaging in today's discussion of discovery. We encourage you to connect with us and comment on Facebook at facebook.com slash two unwarned men, and that number two is spelled out, or on Instagram at two unwarned men, and that two is the number. You can also contact us through our website, twounlearnedmen.com, or by email at twounlearnedmen at twounlearnedmen.com, and those are all the number two. We hope you will join us for another discussion next week. Until next time, this has been Two Unlearned Men.